Hey, everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, mom reviews the Michael Cohen congressional hearings. Ooh, getting a little bit political this time. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I am great. I'm so great. A little cabin fever, but I'm great. Yeah, I feel you there. It's been real cold here in Chicago. We're hoping this is the last cold snap, but probably not. March is just the month that in Chicago, um, everybody spends saying to each other, winter should be over. I'm done with winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but winter isn't done with us yet. But the thing of it is, it does give you something to talk about when you're waiting online at Walgreens or something. That's right. That's right. I have come to uh, value the weather as a social lubricant. Yes. Yes. In fact, um, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but, um, you know, your your grandfather on your father's side was a, a pretty quiet guy. Yes. He was pretty self-contained, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lovely man, but very self-contained. And when the phone would ring... And it was him, whoever was smart enough would yell, I got the weather, because (laughs) it was hard to think of things to talk to him about. So I I can remember calling dibs on that one time, which daddy totally disregarded and took. Oh, really? With his own father, no less. Yeah. Took the weather. Yeah, we used to uh, dread the, unfortunately, because Pop would always, uh, this is dad's dad, Pop, we would call him. Um, he would always give us the most lavish birthday and Christmas gifts. And you'd have to talk to him on the phone right. <laughs> on a birthday or a holiday. And we probably should have felt more guilty for hating that because he would, he would shower us with these Beautiful, really over-the-top gifts sometimes, lovely, right? Lovely things. He was a very, very generous man. Very generous, really wanted to make us happy, uh, but the phone calls were just... <laughs> tough. They, were, they, they were, were tough. Very tough, and it was, you know, for us kids, it was always, how are you doing in school? Uh, usually in the middle of, like, winter vacation when you just, your mind couldn't be further from school. Oh, what a rotten kids we were. No, it's hard. It was hard for the adults. You know, it was was difficult to, you know, because what's going on in the neighborhood certainly doesn't interest them. That's right. That only interests the uh, listeners to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Who care about the post office and such? That's right. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you know, I got, there was a number of years when my sister and I sort of talked, you know, occasionally. And and it got to be where those conversations got different because she didn't know the everyday thing mm. that I could bring her up to date and, you know, how was um, soccer practice or how was, you know, how was school going for Johnny in the middle school or, you know, was Jenna having sleepovers? It was like the minutia which was my life was of no interest because she wasn't, she didn't have that. (laughs) Did I say that right? Yeah, No, that's absolutely right. I'm sympathizing with you. Absolutely. But, but but somebody that knows the daily 
ebb and flow, yeah. you can tell, oh, I went to the drugstore and I had to stand in line for 20 minutes and geez, it was horrible, but I ended up buying $32 worth of lotions I didn't want. So, you know, stuff like that, you can, um, that didn't really happen. Just, oh, I bet that did happen. Uh, well, it might have. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's difficult if you don't have that back and forth. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, you know what I've been watching on TV lately that I wanted to ask you about? Hmm. Classic Concentration with Alex Trebek. You remember that? Oh, yeah. We watched a couple while we were there. Oh, did we? While you were visiting last? Yeah. yeah what did you make of it? I I enjoy it. But, you know, as with all things, you have to get into the rhythm of, of how the puzzles work and such. And it, I found it very frustrating that people could not remember that 14 was the microwave oven and you know so i i did find myself getting a little uh tense so for people who don't know concentration is uh, a long-running game show used to be hosted by hugh downs uh for a long time uh jack nars hosted it for a long time and then oh i didn't know that yep and then in the 80s they uh brought it back on nbc and alex trebek hosted it at the same time, he was also hosting Jeopardy. And uh, the game is, um, in the Alex Trebek version, there's 25 squares on the board, and you pick them, and you're trying to match prizes that are hidden underneath them. It's kind of like memory. In fact, it's exactly yeah. like memory, if you ever played that game as a kid. And you win prizes by matching them on the board, and then there's a rebus puzzle underneath that gets revealed as matches are made. If you don't know what a rebus puzzle is, um, it's when the pictures stand in for words, and you sort of have to sound out the pictures to make a phrase. Um, I haven't seen this, I think, since it was on. I don't think it's really been on, but they're rerunning they're rerunning it on the buzzer network right now, which my TV is pretty much permanently turned to just old game shows all the time. (laughs) And it just got me thinking about Alex Trebek and he's really known for jeopardy, but he's hosted a bunch of shows and it's fun to see. I always talk about Alex Trebek as a little bit of a chameleon because he brings a style to suit the show that he's on. And uh, I just love seeing this is an Alex that, you know, on classic concentration to me, he reminds me of like the Mater D at a uh, fancy Florida restaurant. You know, he's they bring Alec Alec in. They bring Alex in for the evening rush. And, uh, you know, he's got a nice pocket square and he's a little handsy with the women and just very smooth. I love the many guises of Alex Trebek, a guy who, if you have only seen Jeopardy, you would not think had many guises, but was a pretty cool cat back in the day. High rollers. Well, he was a, high yeah, rollers, ahead. right, yeah. right. And seeing him on concentration, he's sort of on the edge of, like, smarmy almost. Yes, absolutely. If I might. But um, he's very good at it, although after watching him on Jeopardy, it's like, what are you doing on this dumb show? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know? Concentration is not the brainiest show. It is not. It is not. And probably nobody brought more solemnness to it than you Downs. But Oh, really? Well, I think that's how game shows, game shows were 
not all hyped up like they are now. I mean, I can't even watch Let's Make a Deal. It's just all whooping and hollering and yelling and singing. And it's just, it's, it's just too much. It's too much yeah. for my nervous system. Yeah, well, Let's Make a Deal is noisy. The music is constant on Let's Make constant. a Deal. <laughs> it's very annoying. Let's see. Oh, now here I'm looking at, at Alex Trebek singing. It says he took over for Lynn Swan. Yeah. Do you know that name? Yes. To, well, host, to tell the truth. Yeah, to tell the truth. What was Lynn Swan hosting to tell the truth for? <sighs> Just another one of Mark Goodson's little experiments. He often thought he could make stars. Uh, Merv Griffin was this way, too. Uh, he'd like to find stars. Merv Griffin was so proud of finding Pat Sajak and making him a star. Pat Sajak oh. was just sort of a local weatherman before he hosted Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Uh, and then when Pat left the, um, I forget if it was the, maybe the daytime network version of Wheel of Fortune in the late 80s, Merv Griffin inexplicably tapped uh, former San Diego Chargers kicker Rolf Benershka to host Wheel of Fortune. And he was quite, he was quite terrible. Poor Rolf. Wow. I don't even remember that, but wow. What a mouthful that name is. Yeah. Yeah. Rolf Benershka. And uh, his, his name was about the only thing he could get out of his mouth comfortably. If that, he just was nervous and, and flop sweaty from the beginning and never really got a hold of the game. And look, it's hangman with a spinning wheel. You know, it's, yeah. there's not a ton of moving parts on wheel of fortune. So but uh, poor Rolf could not handle it. But these, you know, these producers, they like the idea of un of uncovering a new star. You know, you can understand why. Well, no, I can't. I'd rather go with performance that I am sure of than finding a new star. That's just me. I think it's an ego thing for some of these guys. Oh, well, you know, Hollywood runs on egos. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. His his career, though, is quite uh, encompassing. Who's, Rolf Benershka? <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I never heard that name. Well, why would you have? Well, because of, cause of the, our love of game shows. Yeah. Well, he only hosted it for one season. I forget if he even made it a full season, but uh, he okay. didn't last long. Okay. Well, uh, and, I, and I'm going to say this for for recent history, but watching watching Michael Strahan is still a mystery to me. I have no idea what he's doing on national television every morning. Oh, I think he's good. Oh, I think he's awful. I can't understand what he says. And he stumbles <laughs> over his words all the time. He stumbles all the time. He's, he would say if he was if you were if you were him, you would be saying thanksgiving all the time <laughs> yes the uh regular listeners will recall the thanksgiving incident uh and uh so he's uh prone to those malapropisms oh constant obviously you're not watching him how can you tell me you think he's okay you're not watching him well because he hosted the pyramid and i thought he did a good job oh he he's terrible <laughs> he's terrible i mean i'm sure he's a very nice man i'm not saying anything against yeah. his, his you know himself. I'm just saying that as a host, I, I don't understand it. And then not only is he on in the morning, but he's on some show in the afternoon. 
Oh yeah, he's real busy. He's real Why? Busy. Why would is he that charming? Am I, I think am so. I that yeah. old that I don't find him charming anymore? Uh he's charming. He's uh easygoing. Um uh-huh. Yeah, I think he he just is a guy who I think the uh, Q score is off the charts if they even use those anymore. But you know what I mean? Really? Yeah, I'm well, sure I'm, they've done I'm, research on Michael Strahan and people just adore him. Okay, well, then I'm really getting, to use another game show, I'm really falling off the mountain here on the Yodely oh, guy. Is this mountain climber? Price is yeah. right? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. We're going all over the board. Oh, we should get back to Lynn Swan. I should explain, if you don't know, Lynn Swan was um, a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s and uh, went on to a minor broadcasting career, uh, yeah. including a brief stint hosting To Tell the Truth. Yeah. In late 80s, I want to say, like 88. That sounds right. That sounds right. And I don't think he was horrible. No, but he was, he was just fine. 1990, actually. It was not 88. It was 90. But uh, yeah, they should have just brought in Trebek from the beginning. He's excellent, though. He is a very professional man, and uh, he's very talented at what he does. What else have you been watching besides concentration? Well, I've been watching Old Family Feud, too, and I had a little bit of a uh, feud here uh, over the weekend. Oh. So every Friday I get together with some of my buddies, as you know. Uh, yes, I do. Who live nearby. Uh, <clears throat> one of them in particular comes down almost every Friday. Um, let's say that his name is Mort, okay? And <laughs> I had another friend in town. Let's call him Flot. And, um, I love Flot. I love Mort, um, put them in the same room for a night. It did not go well. Uh. And this is always the fear of crossing the streams of friendships, right? Oh, it is. It is. It can be, oh, I thought it would go so well. It was awful. It was one of the most uncomfortable uh, nights I've had in quite some time. So... I don't know. How do you handle a situation like that? Well, you know, women are very different than men. Men sort of, men sort of come into a room and, and make their space and, and, and sit down. Women come in and say, oh, you know, should I sit here? Would you mind if I sat next? And, you know, we're a little more uh, aware. Hmm. Yeah. And, and probably more prone to please like me. See, I'm non-aggressive. I, I mean you no harm. <laughs> yeah, I mean you no harm would have been nice. Yeah, but men don't operate like that because, you know, I, I can see where, where the territory uh, war would, would happen. You know, Johnny's, my, he's, Johnny's been my friend for X number of years. I've known him longer than you. Uh, I sort of helped him in it, it, you know, directed him toward this business and he's mine and somebody, yeah, I mean, I can, you can see that this is a disaster if it's not quite the right mix. Yeah. Yeah. You have, uh, you have described the dynamic uncannily. So quite uncomfortable. Uh, And the lesson I've learned is don't let your friends meet each other. Just keep them all in their own separate bubbles. Yeah. Hey, speaking of awkward get togethers this week, we're talking about the uh, Michael Cohen hearings. Are you kidding? Well, it was awkward at times, but um, 
you know, when, for instance, our elected representatives didn't uh, know what they were talking about. That was that was awkward for me to watch. But we should get into it. We're looking this at this as a pop cultural event, which it undeniably was. Yeah. Uh, we don't usually do politics here on the show, but this is something that everybody was watching. And mom said last week, what if we do this? And I loved the idea. So shall we get into it, mom? Let's do it. Okay. The government of the world's most powerful nation continued its inexorable transformation into the world's most excruciating reality show. As former Donald Trump associate Michael Cohen appeared before the House Oversight Committee last week. Cohen, who once issued legal threats and delivered porn star bribes for Trump, testified before the committee in a purported effort to correct the lies he previously told Congress on Trump's behalf. With a format practically designed to prevent the discovery of useful information, many of our elected representatives abandoned any pretense of fact-finding and instead competed to see who could pursue the most incoherent and unprepared lines of questioning. Here's a clip. Mr. Cohen, you, you, I'm quoting you close. I can't earlier. You said, I spent last week looking through boxes to find documents that would support your accusations. Where are those boxes, good sir? Are they, where are those boxes? Are they in your garage or... They're in the storage. And are, are these not boxes that should have been turned over to investigative authorities during the many criminal investigations you've been subject to? Sir, these are the boxes that were returned to me. If, they, if they include data pertinent to crimes that you've committed, <laughs> should they not have been turned over and remanded to investigative authority? Did Mr. Lanny Davis know of these boxes? Gentlemen, no, time is expired. You may answer the question. I don't understand his question, sir. Very well. Complete footage of the Michael Cohen hearings is available on the C-SPAN YouTube channel. Mom, did these hearings leave you swelling with pride as an American citizen? You know what? As a human being, they left me swollen with pride. <laughs> really? They did. I, I loved and ate up every minute of this that I could watch. Really? I loved it. I absolutely. I absolutely, I was mesmerized. I taped it, I think, or whatever you say, recorded it. Mm -hmm. I, I loved, I loved it. <laughs> you didn't? Why did you love it? Oh, it was so, to me, it was like, it was like a two-week vacation in some tropical paradise, just hearing somebody say, Trump is a liar, and That's then right. give examples. Trump is a racist, and then give examples. Trump is a cheat, and then give examples. I loved every minute of every word he said. I don't care if he's a liar. I don't care. I don't care what he is. I loved every word that came out of his mouth. Well, I think that's why a lot of people were watching. You know, we got his opening statement at the day before, and yeah. it was almost like a teaser. You know, um, it was like a teaser trailer for the actual hearings. We got the statement in which he said, yes, like you said, Mr. Trump is a racist. He is a con artist. He is a liar. He's a bully. He's a, all the things that you've been saying around your dinner table Somebody said it out in public on television. Yeah. I just felt so vindicated. 
Well, plenty of people have said it, but you you mean it was coming from someone who re- actually knew the guy and had been in his camp. That was the satisfying part of it, right? And people were listening, and I could see people listening. And I know a lot of people were hating him, and a lot of people were just waiting for their turn to say something you know, rotten to him. I get that. I understand that. And he did too. He knew that they were waiting to say those things to him. And he just stuck to himself and said, yes, I did. I'm not lying now. Yes, I lied then. I'm not lying now. Um, You know, and it was really very much believe me or don't believe me. I don't give a crap. And I just loved it. Interesting point because the last uh, hearings that we talked about on the podcast, we didn't review them, but I remember spending a few minutes talking about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings after um, uh, Christine Blasey Ford testified. And that that very strange day in American history when we watched those two people speak to members of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. And these were two people who were not accustomed to the media spotlight. And it was evident in both cases in different ways, right? But here with Michael Cohen, you had someone who had lived in this New York tabloid milieu for years. So, you know, I actually found him fairly restrained. And often when um, the uh, members of Congress on the Democratic side would try to get him to, you know, pillory Trump, he often would, you know, like he denied that Trump would ever hit uh, his wife. Right. Yeah. And he denied other sort of salacious rumors about Mr. Trump, as he kept saying. So he wasn't out there gunning for Trump and he wasn't out there shooting his mouth off um, like a Martin Shkreli type. Yeah. He you know, he wasn't there for zingers, but he knew how to hold his own against yeah. some of the biggest clowns on the <laughs> GOP side. Good Lord. Bad, but true. That is entirely right. Um, and which was also very educational to, for me to see that there's people that, you know, they're making all these decisions for me that are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, it makes me feel bad that I'm not more political. Oh. And but sometimes that feels futile too. But but to see the different ones that that can talk, that know how to put a couple of words together and some that just are out to lunch. It's shocking. Uh, so, yeah, we played the um, that was Representative Higgins of Louisiana, the clip that I played, um, who was just obsessed with these boxes, these totally unlike these boxes that had been given to law enforcement and given back to Michael Cohen. That's the whole story. Like, that's the tale of these boxes of documents. They were the FBI took them in a raid and then they gave back what they didn't need to, to Michael Cohen uh, as they do. You know, and this Higgins guy was totally baffled by this chain of events and, you know, wanted to refer this to to law enforcement. I mean, after the first boxes episode, I thought, okay, that was weird. But then he came back to it later. I know. I know. And it was like, what what are we talking about here? And and the thing is that Michael Cohen seems very coherent yeah 
so he's he he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right? Yeah. And he Again, I think if we go back to the Kavanaugh hearings, there were certainly moments of incoherence from the questioners in that case, although senators tend to be of a little higher caliber than um, the members of the House. Yeah. But in any case, there were moments of incoherence there. And the witnesses, whether it was Dr. Ford or um, then Judge Kavanaugh, you know, they would struggle to respond. But Michael Cohen, I mean... He seemed, what I liked about him, even though he's a scumbag, I get it, he's done a lot of bad things, but he seemed like totally relaxed and like a regular guy, right? Yeah. Like remarking, yeah. what about when the when the one uh, representative, I forget who it was, but it was saying like a liar and a, and a cheat and, and scum and uh, Michael Cohen chimed in to say, are you talking about me or Mr. <laughs> Trump? Yeah, that was Jim Jordan. Was that Jim? I don't think it was. I think it was. Um, was it Jim Jordan? Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And he said, "I'm asking the questions here." That's right. You're- this is my time. This is my time. He said, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey, you're not even getting the jokes, buddy." You know. Yeah. And I'll tell you who else was great. Shall I say this now? Yeah. Was uh, that Alexandria? <laughs> AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with AOC. I like yeah. that. Yeah. What'd you like about her? Just what a, what a, you know, that's the kind of people that I want speaking for me and running my country. People that are well-spoken, that know what they're talking about. She was, she was wonderful, I thought. Did you? I love her. I mean, it's, uh, she's super lefty and I, you know, she's become a demon of the right. They just, they can't handle her. I, you know, smarter than most of the people that I've heard in Congress in terms of talking about what's right and wrong with our country. And yeah, I love her. And she uses these five minutes um, to really make a strong point and to really advance the conversation, which 99% of them do not. Right. That's right. They just wanted to say, I hate you. I hate you, Michael Cohen. But this woman had something to say. That's right. Oh, I'm glad you like her. Very much. She's a very polarizing figure, you know, Mom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, because she's young. Um, She's a woman of color, uh, and she's quite liberal, and I think all these things. And and as you say, she can really speak for herself, and she speaks cogently and incisively and, to me, very inspiringly. And the right just doesn't know what to do with that. That she's the new Nancy Pelosi for them. Well, she's a okay in my book. Although oh. I don't think I'm super liberal. No, right? no. Well, you don't have to agree with all of her policies okay. to admire her. I think in a functional society, we can have that, right? Yeah, that's that's all anybody wants. I think. Well, I think an informed debate. Right. Right. Well, I think that's what you and I want, but I don't know if that's what everybody wants. It seems like maybe not. Well, let me tell you this, Johnny. Go ahead. I I know we've touched on this before, but my 50th high school reunion is coming up. And so I've been in contact with some people that I haven't been in contact with, you know, people from elementary school and whatever. Mm. And one of them put up something today that was this big, long thing of 
everything that Obama did wrong. Obama. We're talking about everything Obama did wrong and all the good things that Trump has done. And I'm thinking, would I spend $200 on a plane ticket to go back and see these dumbass people? (laughs) And I just think I couldn't be bothered because if she, if this woman thinks this way, then probably a third of them think that way. And I just, I'm not going to spend 10 cents to go and be around idiots like that. Well, you knew there were going to be some Trumpies in the mix. I didn't. I really didn't. I thought we all had a a very good high school education. and But she's the second one. And so I'm thinking, eh. it's surprising. It's surprising to me that people who grew up the same way I did see things so differently than I yeah. do. Well, I think a lot of us have had surprises like that in the past couple of years. Yeah, okay. Well... But this was like, look, not all the Democrats covered themselves in glory either. I just the format to me is total nonsense of this bouncing between a person to person. Five minutes, all uncoordinated. Yeah. I felt like 80 percent of the Democrats just asked the same questions that had already been asked. It's like coordinate a little bit, guys. Right. Yeah, Get something out of this. Get some meat out of it. Instead of everybody has to have the answer from the man, the same. It's stupid. But it but it also shows that this is the way things don't work. Uh, and yeah. this is your government. <laughs> this is how it works. But this yeah. is why it doesn't work. That's why it doesn't work, because everybody has to have their their share, their turn. I guess. Ugh, you know. Any other highlights for you? Well, as I say, my favorite was the very beginning when he enumerated Michael Cohen enumerated all the qualities that that Trump has and uh the things that he said they were just they were just all very refreshing to me i felt like somebody has been listening in on my conversation and you know just for this these few hours this four hours or so that that i'm spending with you you're on TV saying the things I'm saying in my kitchen, and it makes me yeah. feel happy. I, I, that's how I felt. I mean, I know it doesn't really make much sense, probably, but I felt very happy about it. I think it makes a great deal of sense, and I think that a large portion of the nation was watching with you in the yeah. same spirit. I mean, yeah, I loved it was just nice to hear, as you said, it was nice to hear someone from within his circle say it out loud. That's all. So uh, one of my favorite moments was the liar, liar, pants on fire placard. I forget the Republicans had this, uh, this big, I mean, that's it. It was just a big poster uh, that had liar, liar, pants on fire on it. And um, the congressman referred to it as an adage. I don't really know if that's an adage. Yeah, I don't think Uh, so. I think it's a taunt. (laughs) yes that's exactly right it's a taunt i really want that for my office really yeah i thought that's so cool liar liar i mean ridiculous as a piece of you know um good government yeah but (laughs) hilarious but who was it somebody somebody i think this was on twitter 
I'm not sure. But somebody said, what would it have been like if Nixon had Twitter? Wow. What would that have been like? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he was quite the moron that Trump is. No, he wasn't a moron. And he really, the dignity of the presidency was important to him. And I say yeah. that, you know, the external, the appearance of dignity, yes. you know, in terms of his actual actions behind the scenes, of course, it wasn't important to him at all. But that appearance of dignity was important to Nixon. I just can't see him, you know, even if he lived in that time, I can't see him using that channel. But right. who knows? Right. I can't see it myself. I can't see it. Um, it's an interesting hypothetical, though, isn't it? Well, it is. Once And once I thought about it, it really, it really took me down a rabbit hole that uh, I didn't have time to go down right then. So, <laughs> Yeah. But it, yeah. It, it's an interesting idea. I mean, and given that idea, think about all the other presidents then. You know what I mean? It takes you back down to, well... What if Lincoln had this? What if George Washington? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's an interesting idea. So that's where I'm left with that. But I enjoyed this thoroughly. I'm sorry that it's not on every day. I just loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Well, there may be more episodes, not necessarily with uh, special guest star Michael Cohen, but. Well, he's my favorite guest star. Yeah, there's other uh, celebrities of the hearing room uh, yet to come, I'm sure. You think? Oh yeah, I mean it's not like this is the end. Well, I'd like to I'd like to see the edition that has Ivanka and Eric and Jared Kushner. I'd like to see those people on the hot seat. Well, but they're not going to give you the satisfaction that. Uh, no, that's true. That Michael Cohen did because he's saying they're not going to say the things that he did. That's true, but liar, liar, pants on fire might be back. Li- on the Democratic side, yeah, well, that would be great. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is our world, Johnny. I know. Well, yeah. The thought occurred to me and that, you know, I considered whether to do this as our review because we talk about pop culture and people generally construe that as entertainment. And I wondered whether to review this on our pop culture show, but A... It was pop culture. Right. Um, it was a TV show that everybody was tuned into for the reasons you're talking about, not necessarily to make ourselves more informed, uh, not to edify ourselves, I guess I'll say, but to get some satisfaction, um, some pleasure out of watching it. I think that was the primary reason we tuned in. If not, we could have read about it in the Times the next yeah. day, right? Right. We, we wanted to see it, and it was a TV show, and um, you're right. This is our country. It had... So much of that reality show flavor to it, and it was a it was a pulse taking in a way that I think the uh, Kavanaugh and Ford hearings also were. But this one was a lot more fun to watch. As agonizing as that one was, this yeah. one was was uh, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm glad I have it on tape, <laughs> or not tape, but you know, whatever we call. Them. I know, I know what you mean. Okay, I just like boxes. Representative Boxes. He was. I wish everybody had given their time over to him. Boxes Higgins of Louisiana. I can't wait to see his next show. Yeah, me either. What is he going to come up with next? What's going to be his encore? Jars, maybe next time. Jars, yeah. Or coffee mugs. Oh, yeah. Wear those mugs. Wear those mugs right now. (laughs) 
We need some DNA off those. I don't know. I the love boxes. it. Okay. Right. Uh, what is your grade for the oh, Michael Cohen A hearings? Plus. A plus. <laughs> Hands down. I could okay. watch this again. <laughs> okay. Well, there may be more. It's too bad that the rest of the te- testimony was in private, right? Yes. I was very disappointed. I didn't really yeah. know the schedule, so I tuned in the next day thinking, okay, here's day two. I got my my tea <laughs> and my knitting. I'm ready to go. Let's go. And it was it was like uh, Price is Right or something. I was like, oh, the hell shame. is this doing on? Yeah. Uh, what's your recommendation this week, Mom? Oh, my recommendation. This is really a good one, people. It's called Bunnies from Japan, and it was translated by Tommy. Are you going to laugh? <laughs> I I was waiting to see if this was real or not. It's not what I had in my notes. <laughs> Very good. Okay, you got did me. I get you? You got me. Yes. Okay. This is not uh, was not actually Mom's recommendation. She no. was just winding me up with another Japan book. Is that an actual? Book? No, I made Bunnies that up. from Japan? Well, maybe it is, but I made it up. Well, I'd read that one. That <laughs> one I would read. <laughs> you should read the cat's one. It was good. I will. I will. Yeah, okay. It sounded wonderful. This is called The Library Book by Susan Orlean. I didn't write her name mm-hmm. down. Is that her name? Susan Orlean, yes. Orlean. She wrote The uh, Orchid Thief, which was an excellent book. Crappy movie, I thought, but good Good book. Anyway, this book is about the great... Well, well, wait, hold on. You're talking about adaptation? What do you mean? Well, the the movie of The Orchid Thief was adaptation. Yes, yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay, no, which wasn't really... I mean, it was adaptation in name only, right? Yeah. A little unfair to say that the... Okay. All right. Just as long as we have that established. All Go right. I'll, I'll retract that because I'm not really talking about that. But The, the Orchid <laughs> Thief, the book, was excellent. Yes. This is called The Library Book. It's about the Great Fire uh, in the Los Angeles Library in 1986. And along the way, in telling the story, it describes how libraries work. You know, not my library, because my library is in a little town. But this is in Los Angeles, this particular library. And it's fascinating how much there is that's going on and how it works and it doesn't work and the things that they have to contend with homeless people or people Mm. that don't speak English and they want to use their resources. And it's, um, it's quite complex. I, I have enjoyed uh, about 80% of it. I'm not quite finished, but it, it's pretty uh, page turning for me. Great. That's the library book by Susan Orlean. Find it at your local library, uh, and you can check the movie show times while you're there. Although I imagine it's, uh, I imagine this one's pretty hard to get at the library. I bet it gets checked out pretty quick, right? I I would think so. Although it happened to be in when I asked for it, because oh. most people go in looking for in my area a lot. They're looking for novels and stuff. Huh? Nonfiction is not popular at the New London Library. I don't think so. Well, they have a lot of stuff that's boring, like heart health or, you know, cooking with coconut oil. Um, you know, just <laughs> not That is boring. Yeah. I also made up those names, so they're not real books. 
Okay, so uh, the recommendation is uh, Bunnies from Japan. I'm sorry, it's the library book <laughs> by Susan Orlean. Great recommendation, Mom. Hey, here's some applause. I love my new machine. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I, here's what I think of Representative Higgins from Louisiana. By okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> um, you got anything else before we sign off, Mom? Oh, I just want to tell you this. I think there should be more St. Patrick's Day candy. It was very sad in the store. There's no St. Patrick's Day candy. Was there a St. Patrick's Day stuff? Yeah, there was, you know, head, head things you wear on your head. and Right. Yeah. But no, the only thing they have for candy is coins that are usually filled with crappy chocolate, so... I'm not going to bother. Oh, they uh, they save all the leftover Hanukkah coins that didn't get That's sold right. in, in the winter. And yeah, That's they right. repurpose them, melt them down. And now they're St. Patrick's Day coins. So they're always they're always chalky and they're always lousy. If you're not a drunk, St. Patrick's Day is a pretty boring holiday, right? Now, we were in New York one time for St. Patrick's Day. Do you remember? And these yeah. two girls came up to the cops and were kissing them. Remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ew, you know, they probably just threw up someplace and now the cops are kissing them. Oh, it's disgusting. It was just disgusting. That's right. That's right. Um, but we're really entering sort of the uh, the doldrums of the holiday seasons, right? Are you kidding? Have you been to CVS? You should see the Easter candy that's out. Oh, Easter. Of course. How could I forget? Easter's not till late April, though. It's going to be like a month and a half. Well, there's not going to be anything left, but, you know, I think yeah. uh, whatever. But there's new peeps. There's new peeps. Cotton oh, candy yeah. peeps. This has become the sweets portion of the show. This little sort of interstitial, interstitial area between the recommendation <laughs> and the closing. It's where I'm we sorry. talk about... We, can people tell that we get hungry as we record the podcast? <laughs> we're thinking about what we're going to eat once we're done recording. <laughs> um, what are the new peeps? They are uh, cotton candy flavored, which I don't Ugh. know what that is. Sounds Probably terrible. Regular peep flavor because it's pretty bland. But um, Tell they, the folks what peeps are in case they don't know what we're talking about. Peeps are marshmallow candies that everyone should have in their Easter basket. There's a lot of people that do not care for them. Well, cause yeah, they don't taste good, but um, <laughs> they're, they're marshmallow chicks. Well, and there's other things at Christmas. There's trees and gingerbread men. Now there's, oh, there's Christmas peeps. Come on, stay yeah. in your lane. Hey, I'm just telling you, I'm just reporting. Okay. <laughs> I'm just reporting. There is something for every season, and now they even have special ones on the 4th of July, even. Oh, Lord. I was just going to say that's our next big holiday. It's a, it's a long wait for the next big holiday after. I guess that's the doldrums, post-Easter. But for St. Patrick's Day, not too much. Although, where I used to live in Philadelphia, they used to have potatoes, Irish potatoes, that are like a coconut cream rolled in cinnamon. Oh, really? Huh, I've never heard of that. Really? And they're very tasty. There's no St. Patrick's Day peeps, though? No. <laughs> no. You, 
You like them stale, though, right? I like the them peeps. a little stale, yeah. Oh, God. They're bad enough fresh. I know. Um, so, peeps are the recommendation. Oh, no. The library book by Susan Orlean. And some stale peeps. Mom recommends both of those. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture, but what on earth should we talk about, Mom? Any ideas? I know. I know. Oh, tell me. Something interesting. Okay, something interesting. That sounds good. So <laughs> tune in for that. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show and if you are a user of Apple products, boy, it really helps us if you go on the iTunes or the Apple podcasts, leave a friendly review. Please do because we have 126 and it would be nice, so nice to have like 130, a nice round number. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Well, I do want more than four people to leave a review, but well, just, um, this week. just this. Okay. So we're shooting for a hundred to get to 130 this week. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, you're setting a goal. Yes. So, uh, yes, please leave us a review, uh, at least four of you, even more if you want, on <laughs> iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends. We appreciate that a great yeah. deal. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too. <laughs>